Well, I am excited to be with you guys today. And, uh, you know, the Bible's real clear in the book of Ecclesiastes that there's a time for everything. And this past week, I think we've seen the time for summer and winter, all right? It's like, boom, boom, all right? And so, okay, we're going to do that. But uh, as I was preparing for this, there's a time for the church to call out what I would call the secret weapon. I believe now is the time because we just haven't been as much as we need to. So let's go ahead and call out the secret weapon. That's what we're talking about today. If I told you that I had uh, or God had something for you that would give you a distinct advantage in your life, would give you more power to do the things that you want to do, uh, would you not want it? Right? Okay, I'm used to working with, uh, with kids and students, so it's a participation thing, right? So, uh, would you not want it? Yeah. Okay, thank you, all right? Well, you, and I would too, okay? And, and so that's where we're going today. Today is actually Pentecost Sunday, and uh, that's 50 days after the Passover that uh, is called Pentecost. And that's where we're going to pick up today. Pentecost was when the Jewish folks would all converge on Jerusalem 50 days after Passover for a, a festival about uh, harvesting crops, okay? So they would all come there. And so that's one of the entities that we're going to be talking about today is those folks. And, uh, and they'd be running a big, big party and big celebration, okay? But as we go into today's text in just a moment, uh, I want to challenge you to try to envision yourself there, as we read things, look at it and see what it would be like if you were there. Experience, think, feel what they'd be feeling. And I think it'll help you quite a bit when it comes to uh, learning about today's thing. So that's one entity right there. Then we also have the other entity of folks that are in this text. And it's the 120 uh, of Jesus' disciples. You know, we had the 12 that were close to him, very close to him, minus the one. <laughs> okay. And so then we had the others. And the Bible talks about 120 often. So these folks saw Jesus and they hung out with him. He had you know, walked and he, had, he died and then he arose from the dead. And uh, so these are the folks that we're talking about. It's 10 days since his ascension. And before he ascended, he said to them, wait, stay in Jerusalem until the gift that the Father has promised comes. So now we're going to get 10 days from then. And, you know, you and I, probably an hour is about as much as we can wait for God, right? You say, you say something, prayer, I prayed, really when? An hour ago, God's not answering. Okay, we're talking 10 days after Jesus ascended is finally where we pick up our text. And I think these disciples were probably thinking stuff like, what should we do? What should we do? Pray. Oh, okay, pray. Now what do we do, right? That was day one. Pray. And I believe even there's probably someone wanting to book and just get out of there. But Jesus said to wait. He said to wait here. Okay, okay. All right, and, we, and that's how our life is kind of riddled like that. But that's where we pick it up, and um, as we go into Pentecost, there. All right, so let's go to the book of Acts, chapter two, verse one. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. So apparently, nobody left. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole home where they were sitting. freak you out, all right? They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire and separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they had heard the sound, the crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, 
Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native tongue? And it goes on and talks about all the different places these guys are from. And over a dozen different places these, these folks are from. And uh, dozens of languages. And yet these guys who don't know these languages are actually speaking out to them. We're going to pick it up in verse 11. And we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? I think we'd be saying the same thing. Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Right? Anybody who's been a Christian a while or anybody who's pursuing God, there's always somebody who's going to kind of poke at you. Right? And they're right there, they had it there as well. And then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. All right, and that's our text that we end up uh, going to kind of build around today. So Jesus, um, you know, he left, then the Holy Spirit shows up. And then Peter stands up, and he's, you know, blah, 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 and he goes on after, the, after that, and the text goes on to explain about the Holy Spirit coming, and that Jesus had foretold it, and other prophets as well. He also tells about what happened with Jesus, that he, uh, you know, he was a man like you, but then he, he uh, was crucified by you guys, the people he's talking to, and then he was buried, then he rose again, and he goes on and on and on, and the people get to a point, finally, they're like, what do we need to do? Okay? This is Peter. And they were asking the question, what does this mean? I think we need to ask the question for us. What does this mean to you? What does it mean to me? This infilling we're calling of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible talks about is a baptism of the Holy Spirit, infilling of the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to each of us today? Let's pray. God, we come to you today and we ask that you would reveal to us the infilling of the Holy Spirit in each unique way that each of us needs to hear it today. In Jesus' name, amen. What does it mean? What does it mean to us? Well, we're going, to go, we're going to delve into a couple topics here, and we're going to find out what it means to you and what it means to me today. But we're talking about the Holy Spirit, so let's just back up a little bit, because it shouldn't take very long to just kind of look around the room to just understand that people are in different places uh, in their walk with God, understanding and where things are at. And so I want to just talk real briefly about who is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. All right. The Holy Spirit uh, is a third part of God. We, we talk about God is actually three parts. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Okay. God the Father is the provider, the protector. We have God uh, the Son, who is Jesus, which we know more about him because we, we read about him. We celebrate uh, Christmas. I mean, we celebrate Easter. And so there's all of that. And so we know uh, his story and what's going on with him. And then we got the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is a, a counselor. He's a coach. And he's an empowerer for us. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is the Holy Spirit. And more so, what's called the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus predicted or talked about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Remember, he said, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the gift the Father has promised. And the disciples are like, okay, okay, don't leave. There's a gift coming, and it's the Holy Spirit. And so they didn't leave, and... um, and we saw how the Holy Spirit filled them. Pretty dramatic, if you were there. Wind, right? fire tongues. I was not going to reenact that because I don't have a whole lot of hair left. And it would just go. But could you see that? You know, non-burning fire tongues kind of going up. Speaking in other languages. It was a huge deal. It wasn't this little pansy, hey. Now God can work in the whisper. 
All right? But he chose, and this time the Holy Spirit chose to, boom, infill with great power. There's another time, though, it talks about in the book of Acts, chapter 8. I want to go to that, verse 14, uh, that talks about the infilling as well. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed uh, for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. See, here's what this, uh, the infilling of the Holy Spirit or what that text uh, shows and others do as well. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is a separate event than the receiving of Christ. In our lives. Totally separate event. And since uh, I'm a visual guy, I think Jesus taught with visuals, so I like to be like him. I'm going to do that as well today. So I'm going to help uh, have some visuals to help us out. All right? So it goes something like this. All right? You are a cup. All right? And, uh, and this is you, and so we are born with the whole sin deal in our lives. We are born with sin, and it's in us, and we need to get it out. And the only way to get it out is to ask Christ to come into your life, right? And when you receive him as your Lord and Savior, the sin goes out. Yay, okay? Pretty dynamic. But what happens then is you, re- you will get the Holy Spirit will start to dwell in your life. He dwells inside you. And so now you have the Holy Spirit in you, working inside of you, right? And you guys have all heard this convicting of, oh, I shouldn't do that. It used to be fine to do these things, but now, oh, now I don't. All right, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you, working in your life, helping you, all right? But this is not the infilling. This is just when you received Christ that you got uh, some Holy Spirit in you. This separate thing that they're talking about, this separate activity, is an infilling. And more like to, to be able to demonstrate more like this, it's an infilling, and oftentimes we describe it, it's an overflowing. So it's like spewing out, right? It's all around. This infilling that you look at the day of Pentecost, they're talking about, these guys were, it was spewing out of them. Now, not that you're not in control, okay? You're still in control. Holy Spirit's a gentleman. But it was, it was just, it was an infilling into overflowing, Kind of a deal. This is what they're talking about. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is a total separate event than what happens when you ask Christ into your life. Okay? Now, do you totally understand it? Probably not. Welcome to your faith journey with God. Okay? Welcome to your faith journey with God. But really, why why would we first want that? And what's the point? So if I could have more or less of God, I'm going to go for more of God. How about you? Right? More or less. You don't just come here just to sit and be entertained. Well, that was great. And then live your life, right? Hopefully you're seeking after more of God. Uh, and if I can have more, I'm going for more versus less. But what do, we, what do we get when we get the infilling of the Holy Spirit? I'm glad you asked. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 talks about it. It says this, But you will receive power... When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power. And all the guys are like, who were just sleeping, are like, whoa, power. Okay? And, and we, we start to maybe think about the old Planet Fitness commercials, right? Well, they don't want that much. Lift things up, put things up. That guy, we don't want that much power. Okay? 
But 15-year-old guys are like, really? I'd go like somewhere in the middle, okay? Bring it on. Okay. That's not the power that he's talking about. It's not a physical power. It's a power more like this. Like the boldness that Peter had. Let's talk about this Peter guy, right? We see him at the day of Pentecost and he stands up and he just lets it rip with these people. To the point where 3,000 people asked Christ to be their savior that day. That is a lot. That is a bold man. But let's just rewind 50 some days before that. Peter. Do you know Jesus? No. Do you know Jesus? No. Do you know Jesus? No, just leave me alone. I don't know him. Right? This is that Peter. After the infilling of the Holy Spirit, he now has power. He is bold. Not obnoxious. All right? But bold in telling people about Christ. That's the power that we're talking about. You also have uh, Peter, another example in Acts chapter 3. Peter and John are walking to the temple, and there's this guy there who's uh, been crippled since birth, laying on the ground, begging, trying to, trying to survive. And he looks, and Peter, right, looks at him, and he says, look at me. All right? Look at me. And the, okay, well, right, what do you have for me? He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Stand up and walk, grabs his hand, and and this guy's like, all right? He is healed, and he starts jumping and leaping and praising God, right? And, uh, and going all over the place. That's some serious power. Now, that power that we see there was not so that the guy would look at Peter and run to him, put his arms around him and say, Peter for president, Peter for president. All right? What happened? He was healed through that power of the Holy Spirit, and he looked up and praised God. The whole point of this power is to point thing. The Holy Spirit always points to Jesus. Points to Jesus. not about you. It's about being used through you, this power. What does it look like today? I mean, could we happen to have any of that power working in our lives today? First missions trip that I went on to was Costa Rica. And one of the services that were there, a guy came in with a back brace and he's all messed up, right? And so he comes forward. And I would love to be able to say that I was the one who prayed for him. Ah, but it wasn't, okay? But he wanted to be. You want to be the one that God can use, okay? But maybe that was part of the problem because I, it's him. The Holy Spirit working through us. But a guy prayed for him, and in fact, his back was healed. His brake brace was off. There wasn't any cameras. It wasn't fake. It was the real deal. All right? The Holy Spirit was working. The power was working. How about within our church? There are people in this church who have gone to the doctor, and they've had cancer. And someone prayed for them, and the Holy Spirit worked through them, and they're cancer-free. They go back to the doctor, and the doctor's like, I don't know. I got no explanation. And they're like, I do. I do. It's the Holy Spirit. It's God working in my life, and he healed me. Okay? These are the power. There's people whose marriages in this church, all right, whose marriage totally riddled with adultery and lies. And we hear this a lot because Pastor Mark has a great ministry for marriage. But this way, riddled with the, and the power in, filled with the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit working in their lives, bringing healing and restoration completely. Okay? It happens. This power works in us, whether it be someone who has a job. What is your deal? 
See, because these folks who had this happen in life, it wasn't that they didn't believe in Christ. It wasn't that they haven't asked him to be their savior. But there's more. There's that secret weapon. Now, before we get too far along this, this isn't like some kind of genie. Okay? Heal me. Okay? God's timing, God's ways, they're not ours, but we did look to him and be used by him. And maybe he's going to use to you to pray for somebody else and they will experience some incredible God moment. Or you yourself will. Right? This is the thing. But what's your issue? What, what are you struggling with? You've accepted Christ in your life, but you just keep getting pounded and pounded and pounded. And you say, I'm trying the best I can. And there's your answer right there. I am trying the best I can. Yeah, you only got so much. Why not tap in to the great I am? Why not tap into the power of the Holy Spirit to work in you and through you to help you in these things? There's others who have the gifting of sharing Christ, and they are just so stinking good at it. Or shall I say, the Holy Spirit working through them. Do you know these people? You almost want to hate them, but you can't, okay? Because it's like, hey, I just talked to somebody else today and they've asked Christ into their life and they're not bragging, they're just, they're just serious. Awesome, that's, that's a great gift, that the power that, you know, that you're being used by and through by the Holy Spirit, okay? So what's your deal? What's your issue? I don't know, and I'm not gonna have you raise your hand and, and say it, but there's something out there. There's more to the story and some of you guys don't know it. So today, being Pentecost Sunday, we're going to tell you. And so that's what we've been doing. Is the Holy Spirit for you, though? That's a good question. Is it for you? It's a separate event that happens. Um, it provides power to glorify Christ. But is it for you? Well, I think it is. Unless the good way to get disqualified out of this one is if you've never asked Christ into your life, if you've never made him your Lord and your Savior, then you're, you're not even past phase one yet. That's phase one. We're talking about phase two, so just hold on. That's you. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But for those who are past that, is it for you? Absolutely. Let's go to book of Acts chapter two. Because quite honestly, you shouldn't care what I think. You should care what God says, right? If I think you can receive the Holy Spirit, the infilling Holy Spirit, whoop de doo But what does God say? That's more of the ticket. So Acts chapter 2, verse 38 says this. Peter replied. Now this is Peter after all that, you know, speaking to all those great thousands of people. And and they said, what do we need to do? And here's what he says. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Hopefully many of you have done that. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Is the Holy Spirit for you? Let's take a look at verse 39 again. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. The answer is yes. All right? You look at somebody next to you and say, it's for me. Oh, you guys are pretty bad, actually. How about the next person? Look at him and say, it's for me, man. All right. It's for me. It's for me. Good thing that's not how you receive it, man. It's for me. All right? It's pushing you beyond your comfort zones a little bit. All right? But here's the thing. Maybe you don't believe it. Actually, that could possibly be. 
I, I still don't believe it. I mean, I see you said that. All right, well, Romans 2.11, I think some of us need to have this stamped on our hands. Or, um, okay, maybe not, but carry it with you. Romans 2.11 says, For God does not show favoritism. He does not show favoritism. He does not show favoritism. He does not show favoritism. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he was willing to give the, uh, the Holy Spirit to those folks at Pentecost, if he was willing to give the Holy Spirit to a number of different folks in the book of Acts as you read through that, and he's, not the, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, hopefully you can make that leap that he is willing to give it to you. All right? It goes like this. I have twin 15-year-olds, uh, girls. Some of you guys know them. And uh, it's hilarious when this kind of thing happens because we'll be in the kitchen or something and I, and I give, I don't know, if let's see, you got some piece of gum or something. And you go ahead and you give it to one of them and the other one's not in there but they start kind of coming through the door and they see it. They come up like this. Me too? Right? A little smirk on their face. Me too? And why would they say Me too? Because I'm their dad. They saw me give this gift to the other one. I love them. I care for them. I have more. It's like a gimme, right? Me too. And I think, here's the thing. I'm just a, I'm just a guy. I'm just an earthly man. We're talking about God the Father. The creator of everything, having this, and we need to come to him and say, you gave it to them. Me too. All right? And I don't think we need to come, it's up to you, I don't think we need to be like wallowing, like freaked. How about, can we we go boldly to him? Me too. You said, can I? Can I experience this in my life? Hopefully, that would be you. So it is for you, if you're wanting a victorious life. I want to give you one other illustration because, I don't know, it may help. All right. It's a man saw. All right, so we got the saw. Let's say you're a home builder, okay? And you're a home builder, and you're going to build homes. And you can use this saw or some different form of it uh, to build a great home. You're a great carpenter, and you build a great home, all right? Good idea. But if given the chance, given the opportunity, don't you think that it might be better to go ahead and pick up one of these guys? Don't you think not only to pick it up, but to come on over and, uh, and you're the same builder, right? Come, come on over and start building, man. Like that. Alright? Doing the deal. I know some of you guys are like, I'm old school. Okay? I like it this Way the quality won't be the same with that. Oh, shut up. Okay? It's the same builder, right? It's the same person running the tool. It may take some practice. It won't be perfect right away, but you will be able to do so much more with this. All right, let's transfer that into spiritual talk. Okay? Here's the deal. We are not called, all of us called to become builders of houses. We were told, and Jesus called us to be kingdom builders. Kingdom builders. And so if we want to try to build a kingdom on, um, without the power of the Holy Spirit, that's okay. I mean, it's okay. You've asked Christ into your life. You're, uh, you're going to go to heaven. But my challenge to you is there's more. 
Why would you try to build it with just this when you could experience so much more and have the power of the Holy Spirit working through you to do it? You see where I'm going? Don't be just... Uh, oh, and the guys are like... Mm, all right? That's what we need. We need some power to encourage you to have the supercharged life. So what do we do to do that? Well, first one, well, first way to do it, if you want to do this, is this. How about you seek after God and talk about it, the Holy Spirit? I say, how about you pray, maybe today even, when you get home, pray to God, ask him, God, me too. Can you give me that feeling of the Holy Spirit? Give me the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Me too, for your glory. Yeah. That's one way. You're like, oh, I don't think so. Not yet. I don't know enough. And that's okay, because there's some folks, God is not freaked out by your questions, okay? It's okay. So here's the other thing I'd say. If you're like, no, I don't want to do that. All right, how about you read the book of Acts? Start at chapter 1, maybe up to chapter 12. Don't freak out, all right? It's okay, you can do it. But going, looking for the Holy Spirit within the book of Acts. Find him. Look for him. Be on the quest. It's kind of like this. You you test drive a new car. You've never seen this car anywhere else in the whole world. You test drive a car, and all of a sudden, look at them all. They're everywhere, right? How come everybody's got a car like me now? How would we do this with the Holy Spirit? You're like, I've read the book of Acts. I haven't remember seeing it at all. Do it again. And now be on the lookout, and you'll see that. And after you do all that, maybe at that point you're going to say, God, infill me, man. Infill me. And if you're still like, I still need to know more, offer a class this fall uh, in the Holy Spirit. Okay, Pastor Lathan runs that. Great class. Talks all about it. You'll want to see that. And one final thing for you guys, for those of you who are like, yeah, 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 I hear all that. I actually I have the infilling of the Holy Spirit in me already. You see how this is kind of lower? Because you bumped into people, you've experienced life. I encourage you, for those who have received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, to continue to fill yourselves up. It's not the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's not a whole other event. But it's kind of a constant ongoing where you're just... You know, praying, seeking God, and the Holy Spirit will continue to just kind of top you off. All right? That's what we need. So go after that supercharged experience called the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Bless you guys.